It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, uh, we got the uh, districts uh, done, and uh, it was a beautiful day for uh, ball games, and it was an interesting two days, Brady, because we covered two different districts. We were in the same places, yes. covering different uh, sports. I think Friday kind of went... The results were what we expected. Friday felt like Saturday all day long because the games were early. You had yep. the 10 a.m. game, and, and it just – all day long Friday, I thought it was Saturday. Right. I think I even said on my a couple of the times on the broadcast, hey, it's a beautiful Saturday. Yeah. So uh, we got through that. Uh, the results were what I thought, but the way we got there was a little weird for me. Uh, on my end, the game that was really competitive wasn't the one that I thought would be. Right, um, and then the the games, the the other games were just kind of uh, lopsided, and the team that I thought would win won. Right, uh, and then on Saturday, complete utter chaos. Yeah, you three had, great. I don't games. think we had any idea what was going to happen on either of ours on Saturday. Um, besides those where we were at, a couple of teams that we were hoping to get through did. But they struggled to do it. There were a couple that I was looking at Game Changer when we were sitting in the game. I'm going, uh-oh, that could be bad. <laughs> so uh, I have a feeling we're going to take a lot of time to talk about this. What do you, What are we starting with? Baseball, well, softball, how are we do? Let, let's start with uh, with baseball, and uh, then we'll get into the, uh, the softball, and it's uh, going to be a good show uh, today. And then we'll talk about regionals because we're already planning for that as well. So we'll get it all rolling in just a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews. They also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Derek Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard. 
remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Homestyle Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. And uh, let's talk some baseball, uh, Brady, um, because, uh, again, I, I don't know that what we saw was what we expected totally, certainly not on uh, on Saturday, not that we didn't think Marine City was capable. It just kind of seemed like Luther North was the team to beat Is, after they beat Richmond. So is that where you want to start with the, the yeah, one let's, in Richmond? Let's kind of right. go there because so, this was the one that I think was the big one for us. Yeah. And um, it ended up being bigger when Marine City actually so won it. So Marysville played Luther North in the first game and Trenton Vagy, he had his kind of Typical Trenton Vaggie game where he got high strikeout numbers. His walks were rough. I think he, when he was pulled, he had walked six and hit one. But he'd given up, I think, two hits when he was pulled. And it was 0-0 through five. He gave up two in the sixth. And then uh, then they brought in relief. And in the seventh, Marysville had to use nine or three pitchers to get the three outs. And it ended up being nine to nothing. Marysville couldn't touch Jimmy Bellaro and... You felt like if they could just scratch a run across, they might have a chance, but Marysville never had a runner in scoring position outside of the seventh inning. So that it kind of went how I thought it might. Um, Mary Again, Vaggie kept them in the game for five innings. They just Their offense was just not there, and it never felt like, ooh, oh, they're knocking on the door where every inning Lutheran North had runners in scoring position except for – one, one, two, three inning besides that. And then in the seventh, the, the, the wheels came off. So Lutheran North had advanced. And then a game we were very curious about. St. Clair and Marine City. Uh, talked about it a lot on the preview show. And really, I, I had someone text me before the game asking me who, who I've got. And I, usually you get that gut feeling and you, you have an idea of who you think is going to. I had no clue. I legitimately had no idea what was going to happen. In the uh, top of the first inning, Logan Ellis got on with a walk, stole second. After he stole second, they put in a courtesy runner for him. He's the pitcher. Get him ready to go out on the mound. Peyton Ellis hits the ball into right field. Cole O'Croy comes in, picks it up, throws a dart to the plate, and they throw out the runner going home. So it's 0-0 going into the bottom of the first, and you're going, ooh. 
think Logan might have gotten there. Yeah. That's a tough one because you want your pitcher to be ready to go out and you're not expecting a bang-bang play at the plate. You also don't want him to get hurt on the baseball. Right. Bats. So it's – it's one of those situations I'm not going to go, oh, what a bad move, but it's just one you look back on and you go, ooh, that was a run that maybe they have early in the game. Um, so it's 0-0. Uh, Marine City doesn't do much in, in the bottom of the first. Then in the top of the second, Braylon Essien comes up to bat with one away, hits a line drive sinking into, into right field. I think Cole O'Croy was feeling himself a little bit, tried to make a spectacular sliding catch. Hops under the glove all the way to the wall, and Essien ends up on third. Shirky gets hit by a pitch, and then they go in the – they do the first and third thing where they get in oh, the rundown. I, hate that. I know you do. But whether Zach Tetler, who was on the mound for Marine City, wasn't aware or didn't care and just wanted to get the out, got Shirky out between first and third or whoever was running for him at the time. And Essien comes in to score, and it's one nothing. And you're going, all right, St. Clair got the run, and Ellis had a pretty smooth first inning. Then a walk and a single in the bottom half, and Paul Muscat singles in two runs after a, a double steal. Two to one Marine City. Oh, they get it right back. And after that point, Zach Tetler settled in. He gave up a double in the third, but... Got the next two batters out. Went one, two, three in the fourth and the fifth, and all of a sudden it's we're in the sixth inning and it's still two to one. Logan Ellis is dealing too, but he can't score any runs pitching on the mound. Get to the sixth, the runner gets on, but a couple of popouts get him out of the inning. And, and you could kind of feel Marine City's like, yep, we got this. We got this. Tetler had settled in. His fastball was going really well. Um, and he was just the, the off speed was just kind of a show me pitch, just enough that the batter had to think about it, um, so they couldn't one hundred percent sit fastball. But he was living off that fastball and pitching well. And then in the in the seventh, it started off. Drew McCartney hit a ground ball uh, to the left side. The throw across went wide to the to the, the fence. Goes to turn heading to second. I have to give all the credit in the world to Cooper Letson, the catcher. He hustled down and was backing it up. So McCartney's heading to second, picks it up, throws a dart, bang, tagged out, trying to turn the air and get in scoring position. If they get him on, runner on second with one away with nobody out, you can button the third. You can let your next three guys swing away. That changes the whole yeah. complexion of the inning. Instead, there's nobody on with one away. And uh, it would be... Um, the next two bat it would be a walk and then a strikeout and, a sh- and an- another they'd get Pettinger out to end the the game and Marine City wins two to one and I don't think St Clair was I think they were a bit shocked at it like they were they were stunned um, and Zach Tetler pitched an absolute gem I believe he ended with nine strikeouts in the win and Marine City was the better team. There's no other way to put it. I mean, yeah, the one run in the first is kind of the only what if, but it's it's not as if St. Clair was circling the or they they had runners on the whole time and it felt like Tetler was just dancing out of danger and, and you know, just avoiding that big hit. St. Clair never really threatened that much. And when they did, they they ran into two outs on the base pass. Yeah. Now, you know, you know, it's weird cuz 
I don't, it started for me about a month ago where I'm like, but I want to see this game. I, I, right. I want to, you know, like St. Clair, they play in the higher division. They, they play better opponents, but they were young. Right. And they kind of struggled through it and took their lumps. And you wondered, well, are they learning right. as they go through this? And they're going to be battle tested and ready. And at the same time, Marine City was just kind of cruising. The, the, again, well, they were they're winning. in the lower division. But they're, they were destroying these teams that they right. were playing. The only and team that's that what they, you're supposed to do. The only team they even somewhat struggled with was Lanfear, who they split with. They played Roseville twice and beat them like 20 to nothing in two games. And that was the third place team in their league. And I know the Matt Gold is not good. But Marine City was doing what you're supposed to do to those teams day in and day out. They didn't have a stumble where they went, oopsie, we only beat Lakeshore 2-1 to one today. We had to... That an error let us get the, the runs across. Um, and they just took it to St. Clair. Zach Tetler pitched a gem. And Logan you know, and, Ellis and, yeah. lost in this, pitched really well. Just one bad inning, gave up a walk and two hits, and that was that was the difference. Yeah, it was like I you knew St. Clair had good pitching, but it, it's young and it's not dominant yet. And, and, I, and yet... Um, it was a low-scoring game. See, that was kind of what surprised me. Is is I thought that this might be like a six to five kind of right, a game that Marine City could outslug them. Yeah, not necessarily outduel them. And so that was the only real surprise for me. It wasn't that Marine City won. It was that it was a two to one game. Yeah, and I wonder how we would have felt about this game if there were different jerseys. Because St. Clair has a little bit of that cachet being a baseball school. But you look back on it, it's been a while since St. Clair's won a district. It's been longer than you think. I think it's like 2016 or 17. We're going on the – we're getting close to a better part of a decade now without one. Now, mind you, they're, they're always in one where there's other good teams. Right. <laughs> they're, you know, they're not losing to – Richmond's been pretty good lately. Right. And a few years ago, Marysville had a pitching staff Luther that was and stupid. North was and Lutheran North was good. But still, for, for a program we give a lot of credit to, it's been a while since they've advanced past the district. And I don't know the last time Marine City beat St. Clair in a postseason game. Because they're usually, they're always in the same district. And usually St. Clair gets on top of them. But Marine City was just flat out the better baseball team. And there's really no other way to put it. There wasn't really any controversy. There wasn't anything that I thought St. Clair fans could look at and go, ooh, a what if outside of one play where Cole O'Croy threw a frozen rope to the plate. Kid made a play. It was an aggressive send, and that's the only difference. And Marine City actually had more traffic on the base paths than St. Clair did all day, and it was a hell of a win for Marine City. Now, the test is after you get the big emotional win against your rival, my thought is, crap. They they were so amped up for game one, I'm going to get a letdown in game two. And, and Lutheran North, I'm going to have to see these damn Mustangs win another district title. Uh, Marine City... Just choked them out. They took the lead. Uh, it started with Josh Vandeviver against Carson Carroll, the same pitching staff that went up against Richmond. It was the same plan, Carroll to Nar, and it shut down the Richmond lineup. 
Marine City got a run across in the second inning, um, put some runners on, and a balk actually scored the run. So it's one nothing. Going okay, Marine City got on top. Uh, they they switched pitchers. They chased them early, and then in the third, single, single, single. They grounded into a double play, and you're going, oh damn, that there's all the momentum. Double walk, double single. Single. They sent 10 to the plate, put up five runs at 6 nothing, And I think Lutheran North, once they beat Richmond, kind of thought, okay, cool, we won it. We won the district. Yeah. And they, they had the, the weakest team there in Marysville. They cruised through them. And Marine City just hit the tar out of the ball. Even when Lutheran North put up five runs in or three runs in the fifth, Marine City answered, got two back, made it, took it from six to three to eight to three, and that took all the wind out of the sails for Lutheran North. Josh and Danny Vandeviver tag team this one uh, for to go all seven. They get the eight three win, and there's no other way to put it. Marine City was the best baseball team there on Saturday, bar none. I don't want to hear an argument against it because the two games they played, they pitched well, they fielded well, they hit well, and they did so better than their two opponents, who were arguably the two best team, the two other best teams there. And if you asked around before the district, probably the two favorites. Yeah. So, and and this is interesting because they're going to get a familiar opponent right in their next so that's game. That's the now. first district yeah. title for Marine City since two thousand eight. Wow. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's a little longer than I thought. Well, again, you talk about St. Clair always running into teams. Marine City's always in that same district. And remember, Algonac had a run where they were stealing district titles that they weren't expected to. Richmond or St. Clair was taking them. I mean, the early the early to mid-2010s was just St. Clair. That's when they had that felt like they were in a regional final, quarterfinal every single year. And then Richmond... As that tailed off, Richmond got better and became their district to lose and then throw the couple of years of Algonac in there. There's no room for really for Marine City. And then the one Marysville where they won three games all year and then added two in the district. But, no, that's a, that's a big-time district for Marine City. And, like I said, they're just a really good baseball team that beat two other teams kind of convincingly. And I know a 2-1 to win over St. Clair I wouldn't say is convincing – but it's not like you. there was a lot of moments where the Marine City fans felt like they're going, oh, no, just get out of this, just get out of this, get a ground ball. They were kind of in control the whole time. And then when they won the celebration, I mean, they were excited, but they didn't dogpile. They didn't, they didn't go crazy. They, they came in with a plan expecting to win, and they won. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. You get a big win like that, they knew they still had another game to go. Right. So I kind of I kind of like that mentality with it. All right. Well, on uh, Friday we were in North Branch, and that one went a little bit more like yeah, I, I thought it would. Yeah, I do want to talk about the first Armada Cross Lex game because that might be one of our games of the year. Uh, it went eight innings, so I love the close game. There's a small part of me that was just slightly annoyed that the first game of a three game day <laughs> is going extras. Um, but it was a really well-pitched day. Alondo Mendoza, who started the year on JV, came up and he went six really, really solid innings. Gave up one run. Cross Lex faced Zach Marcy, who I've seen twice now, and I just hadn't seen him before. He's a really good pitcher. He's a lefty. He gave up one run uh, in his 
while seven and two-thirds inning of work. Croslex got their run in the third. It was a single, a stolen base, and a single scored the run. Armada got theirs with a single, uh, and then a couple more hits from the bottom of the order. Weren't hard-hit balls, but made it 1-1. Both sides are just dealing. Again, not a lot of opportunities to score runs. So we go to the ex- we go to extra innings, and Croslex had hit into a double play to send it to extras. Then first guy grounds out. Nolan Moore gets on base. He goes up to third after an intentional walk and then a base on balls. So it's bases are loaded with one away. So Joey Scaramazzino's at the plate. He tries for a suicide squeeze and misses. <laughs> Scaramazzino runs into the out. The two runners behind him are moving as well. The catcher for Armada tries to get the second out at third. The throw to third is spiked and trickles by the third base coaching box. They keep sending Mendoza. He comes in or whoever was running for him. I believe Mendoza was running. He just keeps going around third. The throw to the plate was not in time, and Croslex walked it off on a failed suicide squeeze. (laughs) And I had never seen that before. Oh, man. And it was... It felt like kind of the right way for that game to end that neither side could hit, and it just took one bad throw. Otherwise, I don't know how long this game goes because it was a battle, and Croslex survived in that game. There was one moment that I want to to pay attention to. It was a similar situation. Armada uh, had runners on second and third uh, with... With one away, they tried a suicide squeeze, and they popped up to the catcher. And Nolan Moore saw the runner was off a third, and he turned around and blindly threw to third. No one was there, but Braylon Hill was in left field. Or excuse me, Braylon Collins was in left field, came and backed it up. So that was the theme I saw two different times. A, a backup saved a run that was in a one-run game. And those are two plays that, well, the – the Marine City one goes a little more notice, but that one was in the second inning. If he doesn't, if he's not on his toes backing that up, Armada scores and they win it two to one in regulation, and and not going to extra innings. I I just wanted to give a little bit of credit for that play because that's one that's forgotten about, but it made all the difference in the world, and it doesn't show up on a stat sheet. But that is just as big of a reason why Croslex won that game as anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those plays that happens early in a game. So right. you, if that happens in the later innings, yeah. you're like, oh, what a big play. Well, because it happened early in the game and there's so much game to go, you kinda, it kind of gets lost in there. But, yeah, you're right. He doesn't make that play. We don't get to a situation where Croslex can walk it off. And I, and I talk about the margin of error that in the playoffs gets thin and every win, every next round it gets thinner and thinner. Those are the things that can give you the advantage that – Make the difference between moving on and playing in a district championship or not. Uh, the next game was North Branch, MLA City. MLA City hung in as well as they could. Um, Brendan Monville pitched for the Spartans, and they kept North Branch at bay for a while, but North Branch would score in six of the seven innings. They they won 16-3 to three after seven. MLA City got 
a run across in the first to keep it tied, but they just North Branch was just the better team. They cruised their way. So it's Cross Lex and North Branch in the district championship. They hadn't played since the first BWAC series of the year. And much like we thought Marine City would slug their way, not pitch, I thought North Branch would pitch their way, not hit. Well, they pitched well. Brady Mitchell's the real deal. He yeah. I, He's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, North Branch put up a run in the first. They're facing... They put Jet Weeder on because Croslex had to throw Drew Hosterman in extra innings to get to this game. That's the tough thing. You have to take the game in front of you at that point. So Hosterman had thrown 26 pitches. They're hoping Weeder can get him through a few innings. He gets chased after an inning. But then they put up two in the third, so it's three nothing. Five in the third, two in the second, five in the third. It's eight to nothing at that point. And it's just game over. They're not doing anything against Brady Mitchell. He's a little wild and has had a few walks. But a run in the fourth, a run in the fifth, and it's 10 nothing. And a double play ends it. And Croslex gets mercy 10 to nothing by North Branch. And the Broncos just dominated. They score in 11 of the 12 innings they batted in. That's a pretty good day. <laughs> Like, that's hard to do. I don't care if you're facing, like, in, in the MLA City game, you're not facing the best pitching. But against Croslex, you're facing two pretty good pitchers in Weeder and Hosterman. And to score in all five innings, that's just, they took the lead and they never gave Croslex a sniff. And they just rolled their way to a district title 10 to nothing. Wow. That, uh, I mean, that's just, again, uh, we, uh, we've kind of felt North Branch was the best team there. And that they were going to win this. And, and even, you know, while the MLA City result we were expecting, um, maybe not 10 nothing against Croslex. No, or, or I made thought, it. We thought well, it would remember, be a, but I still thought they, they'd win and Hosterman win easily. pitched against Mitchell back in April, it was a 2-1 game. It was a pitcher's duel. And I just think no one was going to stop North Branch that day. I think they were just locked in, and, and Mitchell was dealing. And even when he missed a little bit, he'd come back and get the next guys out. And congrats to North Branch. They they move on, and they get to win. They had two district titles on the same day. We'll talk about softball uh, next segment. But it was a good day to be a Bronco yeah. on Friday. Let's talk about the other two BWAC teams. Yeah. Uh, um, this was interesting. Because it was what? Uh, Almont actually struggled a little bit to get by New Haven. It was not the the blowout we thought it would be. I believe the final score was 6-4 to four, yep. uh, to get through. And I knew New Haven was all right. And they were a decent team. I didn't think they would even give Almont a scare. And they did. Um, uh, and then Al- Algonac, they, they ran through. Uh, Memphis, as we expected, 14 to nothing. So we get the rematch of Algonac Almont and the Raiders. They know they can win this game because they should have beat them in Algonac a few weeks back. And for a while they were winning and I'm looking, I'm going, Oh, Almont is holding off Algonac. They, they, uh, they put up a run in the second inning and for Almont, Matthew Redmond's dealing. He goes five innings, gives up no hits. Walk two, struck out three. So it's one nothing going into the sixth. Algonac's getting no hit at home. District finals. This is a team we think 
has one big hurdle before a possible like, being a state title team. And the districts was not supposed to be this this hurdle. In the four, this is how it went in the sixth for Algonac. Strikeout. So now they're no hit through five and a third. They get a walk, a walk, a single to score a run. So, hey, you got the tying run, you got a hit. Fielder's Choice scores another run. Pop out. So there's two away. Another walk, another walk, and then a ground out, which scored a run and got an out on the play. So it's four to one. And at that point, it's game over. Algonac gets the win by getting get, getting one hit in the game. One hit, four runs for Algonac. <laughs> six hits, one run for Almont. And Josh Kasner threw six and two-thirds. Almont's been able to hit Josh Kasner this year. I like their approach, but right now in spring sports, Almont's the bridesmaid and Algonac's the bride. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, again... You can say, oh, they hit Josh Kasner. They got a run. Yeah, but they got six <laughs> hits. Like, they they weren't getting shut down because we've seen Josh Kasner make teams look stupid this year. And they didn't do that in the two games. And they took leads into the sixth and seventh innings in the two the last two games against Algonac. But Almont was a, or Algonac was able to pull out that win and get out of the district that we thought they should have. But remember last year, it took a walk-off suicide squeeze to win in the district quarterfinals uh, to win a one nothing game. Almont was, they're, they're just not, they need that little extra oomph to get them by Algonac. Al, Al they're close, just can't get there. Algonac wins another district. All right, uh, up at uh, Northern. Or, or over at Northern from where we are. Uh, Lance Cruz North holds off PH 3-2. to two. So the yeah, Big Reds with a, a good showing Connor here. Rosenau pitched really well. The game-winning run came across in the sixth, I believe, on a wild pitch. So they pitched well. They played well against a, a good team, but couldn't get the win ultimately. Really doesn't matter because Dakota wasn't going to lose this district. They beat Northern... 13 nothing, 14, 14 nothing, and then they beat Lons Cruz North in the final. I think it was like 10 to 1. Yeah. So, but that's still, I, I like that showing from PH. They, yeah. they have improved. It's just the teams in their district were really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, one other baseball district that we cover uh, Cardinal Mooney. They win their district, but they were playing with their food a little bit. Um, <laughs> And there's a few reasons for this, I think. But Oakland Christian was up 2-1 to one on Mooney going into the fifth. Going, oh, no, not again. We're not. Like, I'm seeing this and I'm seeing Algonac going on at the same time. And in the back of my head, I'm going, these are two teams we're not covering right now because we kind of hope they go long and we can do a few of their games later. Uh, in the fifth, they were able to push across three runs to go up 4-2. to two, And I went, whoo, all right, we're good. Mooney's got this. And then they give up two runs in the top of the sixth, so it's tied at four. They did push across a run in the sixth. They answered right back. It was a uh, Cam Spezia double that made it five to four, and then they hold off Oakland Christian in the seventh to get the win. I also want to mention in the semifinals, they played Parkway Christian, and George Zepp threw a five-inning no-hitter. Okay, yeah, so, that was a 10 nothing so, win. So why not? Just another no-hitter in, in this year, but uh, – I do think for Cardinal Mooney, whether they say it or not, they have the big goals and they probably didn't think too much of this district. 
And they're like, all right, hey, let's just take care of business, show up. And for Oakland Christian, this was their biggest game of the year. This was, they had everything focused. They knew they had to get by Mooney, and it was everything to them. It's the biggest matchup they've had all season. And to Cardinal Mooney, it was Saturday. Yeah. All right, uh, I want to just throw in real quick. I know we don't do much in the thumb during baseball season, but uh, Marlette beat K-Pack 9-8. Then Brown City, who had lost twice this year to Peck, won 8-2. Yes, who and had then, five wins all year. Yeah, and, and then they had lost twice to Marlette, and they won 17-4 to to win the district. Right. So Brown City has advanced, and they're actually, I mean, probably it's not going to happen, but they could actually play Mooney if both teams made it to the quarterfinal game. Sure, why not? <laughs> so just throw that one out there. Congratulations to Brown City. Yeah, after a, a long season on the baseball diamond, they win a district out of nowhere. Right. That that makes up for a lot of uh, of the rough patches early in the season. So yeah. I think that's all the baseball. We'll talk about where everyone's going in the third segment. Uh, but, Dennis, you saw a lot of softball. Saw a lot of softball, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Offices located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep think mattress king preferred seamless gutters in emily city has been family owned and operated since 1997 in-house employees when you call preferred you get preferred at preferred they manufacture all components making them the warehouse this ensures prompt installation from preferred's well-trained and courteous staff serving st Clair, sanilac genesee and northern macomb counties give melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote no high pressure sales just great service from preferred seamless gutters in Imlay city call 800-964-6613 today shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. 
We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Well, let's uh, talk about softball now as uh, we had uh, plenty of uh, district uh, action uh, going on. Uh, I'm going to kind of go from the top and work uh, our way uh, through here, but uh, it started with round three between PH and uh, Port Huron Northern over in Oxford. They, they kind of got sent out to the West. Uh, I didn't see this coming. Okay, they had played two one-run games that Northern had won, and PH said enough of this. And beat Northern eighteen to five. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess because I wasn't there because they pitched well when I was there the two times. But oh, that's a nice win. That's a for a team that's going to be bringing back a lot to get a win in the postseason. Gives you a little bit of confidence. Gives you at least experience in the district championship. Now they lost eleven nothing to Oxford, but it's something to build on for next year. Yeah, I mean, and and again, I just that was. Kind of out of left field. Like, where did that come from? But uh, there you have it. So, um, a real high-scoring affair there. Armada um, actually beat Lutheran North 13-3 to because you weren't there. Right. Uh, but then uh, fell to Notre Dame Prep. But Brady, they got walked off 4-3. Yeah, to I three. know. I thought the Tigers were going to do it. They had the lead in this game. Uh, yeah, they just fell short. And, again, it reaffirms my belief that the BUAC is so damn tough that even the quote-unquote bad teams aren't that bad. They're yeah, really well, not. I knew Armada could hit. The question was, would they have the pitching when they went up against some of these, these we well, presume, yeah, they, are good teams? Well, would they have the pitching when they went up against teams that don't have four or five college softball players in yeah. their lineup? Like, yeah. I think it's, again... We know they weren't going to win a regional likely or anything like that, but they could have won this district, and, man, I was hoping they were right there. They just couldn't get it. All right, so then on Friday at North Branch, we had the first game was Imlay City Crosslex. Now, I've seen both these teams. They can both hit. Right. The question for the Pioneers all season long has been, can their pitching hold out? And I really thought, that against Imlay City, it was going to be tough mm-hmm. for them. And the Spartans came right out and scored two runs right away in the bottom of the first to take a 2 nothing lead. They scored another run in the uh, the second to go up 3 nothing, and they ended the inning with a runner at third. Uh, and then all of a sudden, in the top of the third, after not doing anything in the uh, first two innings against Natalie Stone, here come the Pioneers. Starts with the bottom of the uh, the order. You get your eight and nine hitter. You've blown through basically the first seven hitters of the game. And then you walk the eight hitter and you hit the nine hitter. 
And that always leads to a big inning. Right. Be, because then all of a sudden, Riley Robertson doubles home a run, and it's 3-1. Mm-hmm. to one. Then Alara Rankin hits a ball that, um, well, I gave three errors on the play. Ooh, that's, that's hard. So three I, errors? I, I can't even really explain it because you that's had. That's hard to do. The, 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 the shortstop threw it away. Then the second baseman picked it up and threw it away. And then the third baseman picked it up and threw it away. And by the end of the play, the game was tied 3-3 and there was a runner at third. Oh, that's yikes. <laughs> you know, it's tough. But then they get the next two outs. And you're thinking, okay, they had their little moment, but, but they've got it back under control. And then Brooklyn Schultz triples home a run. And Croslex takes the lead. And then the next batter is Ella McMillan. And she triples home Schultz. Back-to-back triples. Now it's 5-3. to three, And then Grace Stilson singles home a run. And Stone's out of the game. They're changing pitchers. It's 6-3 Croslex from out of, out of nowhere. Uh, that MLA City, though, came right back, scored two runs in the bottom of the third. So we've played three innings. It's a 6-5 to five ball game. And then the Spartans get two in the fourth. So it's 7-6. to six. And then things kind of settled down. And not much happened until the bottom of the sixth, two outs, nobody on. Hope Schreiber, who has come in to pitch and has silenced Croslex, but now the Armada bat, or excuse me, the Emily City bats have kind of gone cold. But Schreiber hits a home run to center field, which at the time I'm like, ooh, that's a big tack on run. Right. Like, ooh, that, that's little what I know. That would end up being the game winning run. It made it eight to six, but uh, Croslex came up uh, in the uh, the seventh. Schreiber had retired the first ten hitters that she faced since coming on in relief, and again, number nine hitter. Leads off with a single, then Robertson singles. They sacrifice the runners over. They score a run on a deflected ground ball. It hit the pitcher, rolled to the third baseman, got the out at first, run scores, runner at third. So you got the game-tying run at third with two outs, and you've got the number four hitter up for the Pioneers. So there's a little bit of drama here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Schreiber got the the strikeout of uh, Addie McMillan, to end the game, and and you're sitting there going, "Wow, we just had a great eight to seven ball game that MLA City barely won." Right, and that was all the close and drama you'd have. For yeah, the day. A- a- after that, things kind of went the the way you thought because North Branch came out and said, "Okay, we're just going to remind everybody that we think we're the best team here," and they were up four nothing before anybody could get their chair set up, uh, and they cruised to an 8-1 to one win over uh, Yale. Um, I'm going to say this, because I hadn't seen Yale all year. Yale's got a couple good players. Oh, yeah. Again, um, they're just in the BWAC, yeah, and uh, you need like seven to be competitive. Ma- Ma- Marissa Haneke could play for any team in the BWAC. Mm-hmm. And well, be, we say her name anytime we yeah, read her box score. She, she's, she's a top five hitter in anybody's lineup, and yeah, she's, she's a player. Um, very, very legit. Um, but North Branch, you know, they got four or five girls like that. Right. So, uh, North Branch kind of just cruised. Alana Deshetsky threw in this game, had great stuff, gave up just five hits, threw strikes, didn't walk anybody, and struck out 11. 
Um, she's basically she's got two pitches: a fastball and a faster ball. <laughs> her changeup is just her slower fastball. Yeah, I, I mean she she doesn't really change speeds a whole lot. She doesn't really seem to have good control of of the of the changeup, so she just throws fastballs. Well, again. And like, they couldn't about, deal with it. We talked about with Zach Tetler, he lived off the fastball. But if you throw the off speed just enough, even if you don't throw it for a strike too often, just enough that it plants a little bug in the mind of the of the hitters you're facing. Ellis Swash had three hits, two hits for Mock, who drove in four runs. So Jasmine Mock being Jasmine Mock. Natasha Bickle had three hits, drove in a run. Uh, Emmy Brinker had a double and a triple, and drove in uh, two runs. But the line score of the day, Addie Cobb, the leadoff hitter for North Branch. Tell me, tell me the last time you've seen this. At-bats, zero. Runs, three. Hits, zero. RBIs, one. So what, she just walked her hit every time? Zero, three, zero, one was, was her line score. Yeah, first at-bat, walk, run, she scored. She sack fly or something? Second at-bat, walk, run, scored. Third at-bat, walk, run, scored. Fourth at-bat, sacrifice fly, RBI. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So they moved so. on to the district championship, and we thought MLA City might be ready to give up a fight, and much like the baseball team, just never gave them a chance. Well, first and foremost, Courtney Ludisher pitched the district final for North Branch and threw a two-hit shutout with 10 strikeouts in six innings. That's it? That's it. Why didn't you get at least 12? Yeah. You had 18 outs to work with. North, North Branch is pretty good. She actually had six through the first nine hitters so she and then started off. pitching to more contact, getting quicker outs. Meantime, North Branch scored in every inning of this game. So, in their two district games, they played 11 innings, and the baseball and softball team scored in 10 of the – no, they scored in all 11 of the innings they played in in a district title so, game. So softball scored uh, in 10 of 12 innings that they had. So, as a, as a school, they scored in 20 of 23 innings. In the districts. Not a bad day hitting. That's a really good day hitting. <laughs> it was cool. Well, go on, talk about this. Really. Yeah, they, they grabbed it. They grabbed a quick run in the uh, the first inning. Uh, the, the leadoff hitter, Cobb, hit a line shot the worst place she could, right at the center fielder, and it handcuffed her. She dropped it. Cobb ends up at second. Uh, a ground ball moved her to third, and she scored on a wild pitch, and it, and it was one nothing North Branch. Uh, and then they just kept tacking on. They got a run in the second. They got three runs in the third, two in the fourth, two in the fifth, and they finally walked it off uh, in the uh, the sixth inning. They only got one run, but Brinker hit a ball out to the fence that scored everybody. It's just the first run right. into the, the game. Um, and they, they were just swinging away. They had 13 hits in this game. Uh, Bickle had three hits. Brinker had three hits. The Combined, they drove in three runs. Mock had two more hits and another RBI. Uh, Gabby Pauly, who's quietly a, a real good hitter at the bottom of their lineup. She's a catcher, DP. Had two hits and drove in a, a couple of runs. And they, ju- they just slap it around. I mean, everybody hits. Dyshetsky had uh, two hits. I mean, they're just a really good team. Kate Welch didn't get a hit. She was snake bit. Brady, she hit a ball in the sixth inning that when it hit her bat, 
and took off towards center field, I'm like, the game, it was 7 nothing at the right. time, and there were two on. I'm like, the game's over. Right. This ball's 30 feet over the fence. And it just wasn't carrying. It got out to the warning track, and it was like it hit an invisible wall and just dropped straight well, it down. Had, it had the top spin on it instead and of the back spin. It ended up being maybe the best catch I've seen all season. Really? Uh, Gabby Crimmins caught it smashing face first into Ooh. the fence and held on to the ball. And and Welch stood there between first and second going, are you kidding me? I just crushed that ball. Right. Like every other day of the season, that ball's out on the dirt road and the game's over. Right. I don't know what happened. The, the ball just wasn't carrying uh, in uh, North Branch on Friday, at least not over on the softball field. There was one home run hit in the three games, and I looked at those lineups and said, Ooh, I'm going to see some home runs today. Right. So North Branch cruises, uh, and then – it was Saturday and a much more interesting matchup. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say more interesting, a much more complicated. Well, up, up for grabs because we're looking at this going, okay, you got St. Clair, you've got Marine City, you've got Marysville, you've got Richmond. Who the hell's going to win this? You know, and, and, and then you're looking at you know, Marine City's a, a league champ. St. Clair and, and Marysville battled for the league champs. So you got the league champ and the runner-up. Right. Richmond, poor old Richmond finished fourth in the BWAC. I'm telling them, fourth in the BWAC should get a medal. Like they would have Fifth been- in the BWAC should get a medal. Right. Um, and, and so th- this, was, this was really interesting. Game one, kind of the way their regular season meeting went. Uh, they played at Marine City early this year, and Marine City got out to an early lead. Uh, they were up 4 nothing, and then they ended up losing the game 9-4 to because St. Clair started hitting in the fifth. Same thing in this one. We went into the fifth. It was 3-1 to Marine City. They scored in the, uh, the first inning. Jade Blanchard singled. She went the other way, rolled the ball into right field for a single. She then stole second. Went to third on a ground ball and scored on a pass ball. And it was, again, one nothing before most people even realized the game had started. St. Clair came right back, though. Claire Borg led off the second inning with a home run that is still going. <laughs> I love that you put out it went to New Haven. She crushed it. A line drive, Brady. I'm going to estimate it was a 300-foot home run on a line. So, okay, let usually... Let's say it was about probably 275 then. Because I know I always overestimate a little, but still, 70 feet over the fence easily. The fence is there. They say it's 190. So, and I'm saying it was 300. So, I'm saying it went 110 feet over the fence. And I don't think, probably it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I don't think it's that much of an exaggeration. Like, so again, probably like 275, 280, and that's still... 40 feet over to the deepest fence we have. I think the deepest you're allowed to have and host a district is 240. So it's a bomb anywhere in the state of Michigan. Yeah. Uh, You should get three runs for that one. (laughs) Right. It it should have made the score three to one instead of one to one. But Marine City came right back in the bottom of the third. Blanchard singled. Dietland doubled. Chartier singled home two runs. Then Simon singled, so they ended up having second and third with only one out. Um, but Shoeboy was able to, to pitch out of it with a strikeout and a line out because Hobbs hit the ball right on the screws. 
but Piper Clark caught it. Uh, so it's three to one Mariners, and it stayed that way until the top of the fifth. The first batter in the fifth, Schweighoffer, struck out, and then all of a sudden, I, I don't know, like a light goes on or or what happens, but St. Clair bats all of a sudden get going. Pitsalis uh, singles, Addie Blank singles, Furlan singles, Cole doubles, got thrown out on the base paths or who knows what kind of an inning we're into because Schwarz singles, Saro singles, and they intentionally walk. After the home run, they intentionally walk Claire Borg pretty much the rest of the day. Which, no, nobody would throw to her anymore. Which is, I don't think that's a bad strategy. And especially after what happened last year in the district, no, don't care. Someone else is beating me, not you. Yeah. So four runs later, all of a sudden it's 5-3 to three St. Clair, and you're like, where in the world did this come from? Because now St. Clair has taken out Audrey Schindler and gone to freshman Haley McFarlane. And Marine City can't hit her. Really? She shuts so them you're, down. You're, taking, you're putting in a freshman. In three this. and two-thirds scoreless relief. Gave up three hits. Two of them were to Dietland. She struck out six. They, I'm going to assume they never saw her. Right. Didn't know what she had. She throws the ball hard. It wasn't anything where I thought, oh, she's dominant. Right. She's just good. She just threw strikes. Three strikes got outs. Right. And St. I mean, this was a 5-3 game going into the seventh, and St. Clair went off again in the top of the seventh and scored uh, three runs. So the final ended up being 8-3. to three. But this was a close game, and St. Clair had to come from behind, and they had to get a big effort from a freshman on the mound. And that's a bold move. Yeah. That's a bold move to put a freshman in in that situation. So, I mean, uh, St. Clair had 12 hits. Marine City had 10 hits. Saints made an error. Marine City made two errors. The final was uh, 8-3 to for St. Clair. So, they advanced uh, to the uh, championship uh, game. And for Marine City, it's another one of those where they played better than the final results. Right. But they just they got the early lead and then kind of fizzled out. The bats fizzled out after a quick start, and they had two bad innings where they gave up seven runs. All right. So then, Richmond Marysville. Now I really don't know what's going to happen. Right. And I, you know, again for me the key to this one is which Katie Shoeboy do we get? Right. Because if we get ace Katie Shoeboy advantage Richmond, because mm-hmm. I think pitching generally beats good hitting. Right. If we get just average Katie Shoeboy, look out because the Vikings can rake. Mm-hmm. So we start the ball game. Woodard strikes out. Winston pops up to the pitcher. Walters grounds out to short. Next inning, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. So it's going good yep. for Shoeboy. Through uh oh, Marysville's in trouble. Through two, and in the bottom of the first, after uh, Rancilio grounded out, Reinhardt singles, Piper Clark doubles, then Ashley Stafford doubles, um, a running blunder by Clark, and she gets thrown out. But 
Liz Shoeboy doubles home another run, and it's 2-0 Richmond mm-hmm. going into the third inning. Leadoff hitter of the third inning is Emma Curtis. She decides, well, I'm going to get a first pitch fastball, so I'm just going to swing. Right. Boom. Straight away center field just under the scoreboard, home run, and it's suddenly a different game. Right. It's gone from we can't hit shoe boy to, oh, my goodness, our smallest player has just jacked one out of here, and it's a two-to-one ball game. Right. Who probably has maybe two as her second or third home run of the year. Of her career, maybe, and I, I know I know she's hit two because right. I've seen them both. <laughs> a good time to get another one. You know, and then, you know, Shoeboy strikes out the next two hitters, but then Woodard singles, Winston singles, Avery Walters singles, and it's two to two. Right. Well, Richmond says, no problem. We'll come right back. They get the bases loaded, and Ashley Stafford works a walk to make it three to two, and that chases... Ryan Quain out of the game. Which we thought that we'd see multiple Marysville pitchers. Yeah. So they go to Adeline Vaggy. She throws one pitch and gets Liz Shoeboy to fly out to deep center. And then Vaggy goes into shutdown mode and holds Richmond off the board for the next four innings. But it's 3-2 Richmond. Marysville would tie it in the fifth. RBI single from Lexi Perrin made it 3-3. The Vikings loaded the bases, but Katie Shoeboy was able to get Curtis to ground out this time to get out of that inning, and that would be it. Marysville, they have a couple of threats, but they wouldn't score again. The game goes to the bottom of the eighth, and after Telto popped up and Rancilio struck out, Abby Reinhardt just kind of blooped a single into center field. I don't even think the ball made it to the grass. It was a little flare, right. and it landed on the dirt behind second and then kind of just rolled out. So, I mean, it was a hit, but it, it wasn't hit hard. If you're fishing, you throw it back. Well, hey, <laughs> you, don't, you take anything at that point. Well, what's the old saying? Bloop and a blast. But Vagy went right after Piper Clark, mm-hmm. and it was 0-2 with two pitches where Clark looked overmatched. But not on the third pitch. Fly ball high, you know, your majestic high fly ball to right, and it just kept going and carried the right field fence for a two-run walk-off home run in the bottom of the eighth inning, district semifinal against Marysville. I mean, it's Hollywood. Yes. Yes. It's Hollywood. That's everything you could have asked for in this situation. You know, and and it's a star player. It's, you know, it's Piper Clark and and – you know, the old saying is, well, that's what they pay her for. Right. You know, and so it, it was just a, it was a classic. Uh, five to three, Richmond ends up winning the uh, the game. Just a, a, a really good ball game. I, I Again, you got to give credit to, to both these teams. Um, it was a good game. I didn't know who the better team was. I still don't really know who the better team was. Right. If it's a seven-game series, it goes seven. Yeah, I th- pretty sure and I'm still not sure who wins the series but it's just a one game thing and Richmond had one better swing than Marysville on on this day and so they advance to the final and now it's Richmond St. Clair and I still don't know what I'm going to get right. but I didn't think I'd get what I got which was number 1 
a really sloppy ball game. Yeah. Um, I gave St. Clair five errors. Ooh. And you know that, you know, uh, it, it was just a really – Richmond scored first to take a one to nothing lead. Uh, again, there were uh, – Clark tried to steal third, and they threw the ball in the left field, and she scored. That hurts. St. Clair comes right back, though, with two runs. Their, their day starts with a batter getting hit. There's a single, a sacrifice. Claire Borg, they pitched to her. She singled off the right field fence, driving in two runs. They stopped pitching to her after that. <laughs> makes sense. Uh, St. Clair went up 3-1 to one in the second. Richmond got it to 3-2 to two in the third. St. Clair came right back with two runs to go up 5-2. to two. So we've played three innings. It's 5-2 to two St. Clair. They seem to be in control. And now, for the first time on the day, they're going to go to Claire Borg on the mound. So Schindler goes the first three innings. Now they're going to Claire Borg. So their ace is taken over with a three-run lead. And Richmond scores a run out. She's a little bit wild in her first inning. Walks a couple of hitters, and they kind of they push across a run on a ground ball. So it's a 5-3 game going into the bottom of the fourth. And you're like, all right, well, Richmond's hanging around here. So what does Richmond do? They bring in sophomore Lily Pites. Who you haven't seen throw all year. She's a JV player. Right. I don't. I have no idea. I had to ask somebody, uh, how do you say Lily's last name here? So I'm saying it right. Right. Lily Pites comes in to, to take over. So it's Borg against Pites. Richmond outscored them in the middle innings 9-1. to one. Yeah, we didn't have that on the bingo card, did we? <laughs> no. No. P- Pites is dealing. Meantime, Richmond not having any problem knocking the ball around against uh, Claire Borg. Big two-run hit by Liz Shoeboy in the fifth when they score four runs to storm in front 7-5. to five. Richmond or St. Clair got one back in the uh, the bottom of the fifth to make it seven to uh, to six, and then Richmond scores four more in the sixth. It's eleven to six, Richmond. After six, I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, what just happened? And and then we go to the bottom of the seventh. Pites gets the first hitter out. Then Addie Blank doubles. Peyton Malcolm singles and Blank doesn't advance. <laughs> it was a pop fly, shallow outfield, and and she had to wait to see if the ball was going to be caught. Huh. And right. by the time it bounced down and they got the ball back in, she had to go back to second. All right. She, she couldn't get to third. She would have been thrown out. It actually was good base running on her part once she'd made the decision she couldn't get there. Pinch hitter, Ashlyn Zimmer. Now, this was interesting, too, because Ashlyn Zimmer started game one, and early in the game she left with an injury. Left the field crying and hadn't seen her since that moment. Didn't think she was available. You wouldn't. Came off the bench and immediately crushes a three-run home run to center field. All right. Wasn't too bad of an injury then. <laughs> and and this is the, the first that they have touched Pites right. since she's come into the game. So now it's 11-9 to nine with one out and St. Clair – has turned the lineup over, so Maddie Cole, the top of the batting order, is coming up, and you're like, well, they get a couple on. Borg is going to get – they're going to have to make a decision. Right. Um, 
So Howard Stewart and company says, well, wait just a second because we're going to re-enter Katie Shoeboy into the game. She's been resting for four innings now. Right. Her her arm is – Well, she just needs to get two outs. She's amped up again, and what does she do? Strikes out Cole, strikes out Hadley Schwarz. Game go. over, district over. Richmond wins 11-9 to nine in a wild one. 11 runs, 13 hits for Richmond. Nine runs, 12 hits for St. Clair. Six errors in this game between the two teams. Yeah, that's rough. Um, and it was just uh, a wild ball game. Home runs, all sorts of uh, fun, and uh, it was it was a great district. It was a long district, I had right. three long Baseball games. Baseball actually got done first. Yeah, but Richmond wins it, and yeah, they they were one of four teams there that I thought could win it. And they were the one right. that, when the smoke cleared, won it. But I, I got to be honest, I th- really Brady, I thought either St. Clair or Marysville would win the district. I thought they would be playing in the finals. And uh, in the in the end, I was kind of surprised that – I thought Richmond was the as third or – As surprised as you or, can be that yeah, Richmond I, I thought they were the third or the fourth team. But, again, this reminds me of just how good the BWAC is and how good those teams at the top of the BWAC right. are. Algonac, Almont, North JV Branch. Two pitchers, though, pitching in this district. Yeah. And making an impact. And 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 Richmond, any of those teams could could go into the MAC and, and win whatever league they stick them in. Basically, all right. Uh, last two softball teams to talk about. It was basically a regional final in a district semifinal, and there wasn't a lot of drama when Algonac beats Almont seven to three. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've I've thought all along, and I think you agree with me that Algonac was the best team. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and that Almont is split, the next best They team. split the doubleheader. But the split happened when it wasn't Kenna Bomarito on the mound. And it, this game was 3 nothing for a while, and Almont clawed back and tied it, uh, or excuse me, got it within a run in the in the fifth. Then Algonac just got two more hit, two more runs, and then two more in the seventh. And that was, that was all they could... All they could muster, and Kenna Bomarito strikes out 12 in the win. She only throws 74 pitches in seven innings, which is weird because I thought Almont would take a more patient approach. But, yeah, the two times they played, Algonac that threw Kenna Bomarito, they won 13-4. to I just think it's pretty convincing that Algonac it was the slightly better team and if Almont was in a different district they might be making a run to a quarterfinal but Algonac just has their number and right now I don't know if there's a better softball player in the state than Kenna Bomarito yeah I just the, the three the, hits in the district two or in the district semifinal two yeah I mean it, and it's that's the thing about it is number one she pitches and her pitching numbers alone say she's the best player. Right. Then you throw in how she's hit this year. She's just been locked in since game one and hasn't stopped raking. Well, it's like in Major League Baseball with Shohei Otani. Like, he does so much that any normal hitter, you're going to have to have Aaron Judge breaking a 50-year-old record to get an argument over yeah. over them. And she's on. she's playing on a team where she's not even considered the best player on her team. Because Ella Stevenson is there. Right. Um, this year, 
nobody's been better than Ken no. Bomarito in my mind. No, and they're going to go play in a regional, and they'll probably waltz through the regional, if we're being honest. I know Liggett, I think, has a decent record. Just just get ready. Uh, we're already planning to go to Wayne State next Tuesday. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about where everybody's going to go in our uh, final uh, segment. But uh, unless you've got another thought no. here on softball, uh, we'll take a, a break, and uh, then we'll be uh, right back in just a moment. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 987-2185. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron school story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. Welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady. Basically, we've got uh, I don't the, the state calls them pre-regionals. They're I'm going to call it regional sem- semifinals. Well, they're the regional semifinals, which... Yeah. Anyway, um, we have four of those, and then we have three softball regionals that we're interested in. Right. So we'll be at two of these on Wednesday. Yes, we will. So, all right, where do you want to start? Marine City? Uh, yeah, let's start with Marine City. To, to me, they're they're kind of the big story. Like, they're, right. they're the team we weren't sure we'd see. We, we, thought, we, we thought these other three teams would be playing. Yes. Uh, and Marine City, they get a very winnable game against Lanphier. They split with them in the regular season. I don't know. I think Marine City is actually the favorite in this game. But I just, if you're Marine City, take the attitude that got you to this point. Don't think you can relax and get to a regional and then just see what you can do from there. Yeah. Because if you can hit and you can do what you can do and like really smack the ball around and don't have to use a lot of pitching, that needs to be your goal. Come out and just... Body slam, lamp fear. 
Don't let them breathe. So this game will be played at Richmond. So, again, I think a slight advantage to Marine City. Right. They just played the district there. They're familiar with the, the surroundings. Lamphere's got to get on a bus and come up past right. uh, Hall Road where they think it's all bumpkin land. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, let them, let them do that. Um, Brady will be at this game 4.30 on uh, Wednesday. Um, I Again, they, they split, but it was down at Lamphere. Yeah. And I, I, I'm with City you. I just kind of, game. I just kind of feel like Marine City's the favorite. We've got a little bit maybe of a swagger sh- about. Them. Maybe I shouldn't feel that way. I mean, it, it was a tight race b- between them, and anybody could win this game. Well, and Lamphere I just like the way pl- they're playing. It's kind of weird that we're saying this about uh, Marine City now and their opponent. Lamphere didn't have to play anyone to get to the this point. Like their district was. Not good. Yeah, and, and that's what everybody was saying about Marine City during the year. Oh, they didn't have to play like, anybody. That's why they've got they, a good record. Lanfear beat Fitz sixteen to one in Hazel Park, eleven to one. Wow. Like there was, it was the close. That was the closest game in the district was eleven to one. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, the the other D two uh, North Branch will head over to Goodrich, and they'll play Country Day on uh, Wednesday. So this will be a test for the Broncos. And let me double check, but I'm pretty sure North Branch played country day in baseball. It might have been softball I was thinking of. No, they played twice, a 3-2 loss and a 10-3 loss uh, just under a month ago. So, again, you know in game one you had two good pitchers well, going against each other. And not it was really, because it was the Saturday in the midst of BWAC play. They had just gotten done with Armada, and oh, Almont okay. was coming up. So they haven't seen Brady Mitchell. So I, and I'm guessing Country Day didn't throw necessarily their best pitcher. So I don't know. I saw Brady Mitchell for the first time in person. He's a really darn good pitcher. <laughs> he is a – he if he wants to, he can be a collegiate pitcher – and I think he can give them a chance, especially if he tightens up the, the little bit of wildness he had. But Country Day, they're a very beatable team. All right. Uh, now, Algonac is still alive. Yes, they are. And uh, they'll be at home. Somehow they work this out that they're at home. Through uh, the quarterfinals. Uh, through the quarterfinals. If they make it that far. And they'll play Montrose. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to say that. This is as much of a given as we have, but Montrose, not that great. And as long as Algonac doesn't trip over themselves, hopefully this is a, a, a situation where, Dennis, you're leaving Algonac by 6-15. Well, the, this is the game that uh, I'm going to do. So Brady will have the Marine City Lamphere game on Wednesday. I'll have the Algonac-Montrose game on Wednesday from uh, Algonac. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping – that uh, Algonac will be playing at home Saturday morning for a regional title and then Saturday afternoon in a quarterfinal. Because after this, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, E-Course is going to beat Detroit Loyola. And E-Course, last I checked, they're like number four in the state, and Edison is number two, Algonac's number one. Not going to have an easy path. Um and Edison, they're going to beat Bishop Foley. That might be a twenty-five to nothing game. Bishop yes. Foley is not yes! good, and Detroit Edison is just going to keep running and running and running. 
that might get ugly. Uh, Millington or Cassidy could throw a wrench in things. I don't know exactly what they have, but one of those two is going to be at Algonac. But yeah, Algonac is going to have a fairly easier game, knock on wood, compared to what their regional final and quarterfinal would be. Yeah, but again... Uh, one at a time here, and let's get through Montrose uh, first. And then uh, Cardinal Mooney heads over to uh, Genesee on Wednesday where they will uh, meet uh, a familiar uh, foe in Royal Oak uh, Shrine. Yeah, not the same shrine yeah, as yours. Shrine is down. So They didn't – put it this way. They didn't make the Catholic League tournament, um, and they're in the lower division, and Bishop Foley did. They won that league. I think Mooney, as long as they don't show up thinking they've already won, has got it. Then they'd play either Unionville or U or Unionville Seabowing or Ubley. Again, I think another winnable game. Ubley's had a pretty good year. Um, and then Plymouth Christian is going to be the biggest roadblock. Brown City and Genesee Christian play. The records on the state are listed at seven and twenty-two and eight and fifteen. Wow! So someone with a very losing record is going to be playing for a regional title. Wow! Anyway, um, and go through softball real yeah, quick. Yeah, so, but, but baseball wise, so we know Wednesday we're going to be in Richmond and Algonac yes. for the Marine City and Algonac games. Saturday's a little up in the air. We'll either be at uh, SVSU right. or we'll be at Algonac. And it, it just depends on how these Wednesday games go. It probably will come down to, again, it's all subject to change, but rough draft. If both North Branch and Marine City make it to Saginaw, then we'll go to Saginaw. If one of them bow out, I'll probably be in Algonac, assuming Algonac makes it there. Because we know on Saturday, softball-wise, I'm going to go to Country Day. That's where right. Richmond will be. The first game is Notre Dame prep against Country Day. Game two is Richmond against Lamphere. And then, of course, the, the finals. And, again, I like the matchup, Richmond against Lamphere. I think Richmond's the favorite in that one. They probably don't like hearing that. Right. And then game two, I don't know. I don't know about Notre Dame prep or country day, but they're usually pretty good. Right. And uh, I guess after the, the football season we had, I can't assume there's a baseball team making it to Saturday that we could have a DEFCON 1 situation, and I'd be following a softball team somewhere. Yeah. Uh, in, in which case, probably Wixom St. Catherine, wherever the hell that is. That's where Algonac's going to go to. <laughs> well, I have a feeling to walk their way to a regional title. Well, we'll see what happens. Okay, they're going to beat Bishop Foley 100 to nothing. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then they'll play either Liggett or Wixom St. Catherine, who I don't know anything about. <sighs> I'm like, Wixom St. Catherine beat Dearborn Heights and Ann Arbor Gabriel Richard. That doesn't mean anything to me. Gross Point beat Detroit Edison and Detroit Crystal Ray. They beat Crystal Ray 26 to 1. Yeah, okay. Liggett had an easy. Oh, my. Crystal Ray beat Detroit Central in that district semifinal 31 to 19. Wow. How long did it take to play that game? A 50 run game. In five, five innings. innings. In five innings. Yeah. And then you that probably took six hours up, to play. They gave up Detroit uh, Crystal Ray. Gave up 45 runs in two games and went one and one. Wow. Anyway. And then a regional of death at Clio. 
Yeah, North Branch. Uh, they did not get a favorable draw in the postseason. They're going to play Goodrich. The other game is Owasso and Frankenmuth. Yeah, that's uh, those are four really good teams. If North Branch comes out of that, hey, they have earned. Like we say, not all district titles are made the same. Not all regional titles are made the same. You should get a really big trophy for that. Yes. <laughs> like right. Brady, who, whoever comes out of that, they've got a chance to win a state title, don't they? Oh, yeah. And while they hopefully them and Richmond both come out because then we'd get North Branch Richmond in a quarterfinal. But uh, that is, wow, you're, you're going to have to earn it. But that's the uh, the action remaining. Richmond gets Lamphere. North Branch gets Goodrich. Algonac will uh, get uh, Bishop Foley. And then for sure, they're they're going to get a second game. All right. <laughs> Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Uh, we might be back Wednesday, maybe Friday. I don't know. Uh, we'll see if we have anything to talk about on Wednesday. Okay. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.